0: of that passage lifts our spirit because even when no one else loves you and me God loves you and me therefore when Paul looks at Jesus he sees the embodiment of the love of God and he rejoices but when Paul looks at the lost sheep of Israel he weeps in other words Israel thought that just being God's chosen people was good enough. They refused to accept Jesus as being the son of God. They refused to acknowledge Jesus as the anointed one. They refused to call Jesus the Messiah. Paul expressed a deep pressing concern. Because his people. His kinsfolk, His relative by tribe and blood. Have been chosen by God. Favored by God. Exalted by God, magnified by God, loved by God, only to witness God in the flesh and say to God in Christ, we shall not follow him. The Israelites became shallow in their understanding and in their appreciation of God in flesh. So when God shows up in the person of Jesus, they rejected him. This caused Paul to become anguished, even heartbroken, because his people were going to miss out on the ultimate salvation God was working on our behalf as well as theirs. Israel, as a whole, did not believe Jesus was the Messiah because he did not come and overthrow the Roman Empire. Jesus did not come and restore the political throne of David. Israel was so caught up in a religion of nationalism until they missed the spiritual implications of what God was doing. Doesn't that sound like America today? That as we engage in this Americanized form of Christianity, which borders on nationalism more so than a faithful relationship with God through Jesus Christ, where the flag carries more weight than the cross, where an allegiance to a political party carries more weight than being uh, aligned with the Savior, where we lift up the name of a presidential candidate more so than the name of Jesus. They fail to understand that the kingdom of God was better than any political, financial, cultural, social, or economic or educational center of their day. That's why Jesus said that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As a matter of fact Paul was so desperate so anguished to get his people to accept Jesus Christ and this move of God until he said I'm willing to be cursed myself if it will save Israel. Paul is sorrowful because his Jewish brothers and sisters were going to miss the mark because of their rejection of Jesus Christ. Paul was willing to face eternal condemnation just so his people would embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so that his people will embrace and accept the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul was saying, get your act together. This is Paul's rallying cry, then it should be our plea right now. We live among people, and we live among a culture, and we live in a time where people don't believe in God. They refuse to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. They have totally dismissed the Holy Spirit. They live in existence with no sense of rhyme and reason. They could care less about morality, values, and virtue. In other words, uh, they don't care about anything because they don't believe anything. As a matter of fact, the fastest growing group in American society are considered the nuns, the people. have divorced themselves from the church and from a belief in God who have become atheistic and even agnostic to the point where they don't care about anything when it comes to Jesus Christ. And I would dare say that right now that I am preaching to some people who is well aware of others who don't know who Jesus Christ is. As a matter of fact, I need for you right now To either text or tweet a friend of yours and let them know that they need to get connected with Jesus Christ. Because how many of us know people who aren't connected to a church? How many of us know people who don't have a life of purpose? If you ask them what they're doing, their response is nothing. How many of us know people that if they died this moment, that hell is their eternal sentence? How many of us know people who have no momentum toward their earthly destiny? How many of us know people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You all, we got a lot of work to do because the world is hungry for the living bread. Lift the Savior up for them to see. My heart aches. Because the God I serve, my heart aches because the Christ who has saved me wants more for us than we want for ourselves. God knows. As I survey our church, as I survey our community, as I survey this city, as I survey the state of North Carolina, as I survey the United States of America, as I look across this globe, I am convinced that many people find themselves in some tough spots. Because not too many people want to do the hard work necessary to achieve and succeed. As a matter of fact, average has become acceptable. Mediocrity is the new fabulous. Ratchetness is the new norm. And Like Paul, my heart aches because every time I turn on the radio, every time I turn on the TV, every time I listen to the news, every time I log on the internet, every time I look at a social media platform, I see the conditions of the culture and the disrespect of humanity that takes place on a widespread scale. God knows we need to get our act together. We need to get our act together because when being smart and trying to be a good student will make you an outcast, we need to get our act together. When graduating from high school and wanting to go to college makes you a target of bullies, we need to get our act together. When drug dealers and gangbangers are the role models in our community, we need to get our act together. When the idea of fun is smoking as much weed and getting as high as you can, getting drunk on as much liquor as you can, or trying to sleep with as many people as you can, we, we need to get our act together. When making babies and strolling them from Asheville to Rockingham, from Charlotte to Elizabeth City, and you ain't taking care of any of them, we need to get our act together. When having five babies by five different men and you don't want to work, you ain't trying to get a job, you bumming off everybody else, we need to get our act together. I know y'all ain't liking what I'm preaching, but I'm telling the truth. When our brothers called the sisters the B word or a garden tool and all our sisters do is grin and laugh, we need to get our act together. When sisters subject themselves to violence because she believe that a piece of a man is better than no man at all, We, we need to get our act together. When the government is so divisive politically until nothing can get done for the people, we need to get our act together. When you allow for Ice Cube to become your political advisor and spokesperson, we need to get our act together. When we allow for a national crisis of racism and sexism and police brutality and white supremacy and our voices are still muted and disregarded, we need to get our act together and when we have a president who will not tell us the truth when it comes to this pandemic we need to get our act together and for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that when folks become so saved until they think they're the only ones that's going to make it into the kingdom they are so saved until they're so heavenly minded until they're no earthly good we need to get our act together this is Paul's concern This is my concern as pastor and a disciple of Jesus Christ. It ought to be your concern as brothers and sisters in the Lord. So how can we get our act together? It is suggested in this text a few things and then I bid you adieu. That first of all, you and I need to stop taking the grace of God for granted. That's in verses 1 and 2. Paul wants Israel to understand That even though God had chosen them as God's covenant people, the only reason that God chose them was because of grace. When you look beneath the surface, it's not in the text explicitly, but it's in the text implicitly. They are where they are because of God's grace. God favored Israel, not because she was something special. God favored Israel not because she brought a whole lot to the table. Israel was not a major cultural center like Egypt. Israel was not an educational mecca like Greece. Israel was not a political uh, political machine like Babylon. Israel was not a world power like Rome. Israel had nothing going for herself, but God looked down and. Favored Israel. When Israel got in trouble, God fought her battles. When Israel was hungry, God fed her manna. When Israel had his back against the Red Sea, God parted the waters. When Israel was trapped, God delivered her. Israel was the apple of God's eye, even though she didn't bring anything to the table. And after all God had done for Israel, israel had the spiritual tendency to take the grace of god for granted this is what israel done every time the lord brought her through something she turned to the altar of false and idle gods there were times when she just engaged in wretched disobedience to the word the will and the ways of god and every time every time Every time she got in trouble, she called upon the name of Yahweh to rescue her from the mess she got herself in. It was a constant cycle of disobedience, trouble, apology, divine deliverance, and then Israel will return right back to the vomit from which she had regurgitated. And yet God continued to deal with her because God's grace is connected to the faithfulness of God. God is no shorter than his word. And even when Israel messed up and had fallen short, God continued to show up because God is faithful to God's word. But I want to let you all know something and you ain't going to like what I'm getting ready to say. I need to say it right now. For those that are watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Vimeo, and in the virtual congregation. One day, grace will run out. And judgment will kick in. Uh Uh-oh, somebody just turned me off. Somebody just tuned me out right now because we don't like to talk about the judgment of God. We don't want to talk about the wrath of God. We don't want to talk about the anger of God. But one day, God's grace will run out. We don't want to hear about that. We don't want to hear about the God who disciplines us. We don't want to hear about the God who chastises us. We don't want to hear about the God who will put us in check. But this is what Paul is addressing. That when Jesus came, Jesus came to serve. Notice that the nation Israel, that business as usual, is no longer acceptable. He is doing a shift in how they view God and how they view themselves because they are no longer the favored nation. They allow for religion to replace relationship. They allow for the law to supersede love. They thought the commandments were greater than compassion. And they thought nobody had the favor of God except them. I would dare say some of us behave just like Israel. God has been good to you. However, you have reached the erroneous conclusion That you are where you are because of what you have done, because of who you know, because of what you do, because of how much money you have, because of what you have achieved. There are those who have to admit that at times you've taken God's grace for granted. As a matter of fact, your phrase has been, well... The Lord is going to forgive me anyhow. I'll do whatever I want to do. But Paul reminds us shall we sin that the grace of God is abound? No, we should not do that. God has blessed you, but you think it's all about you. God has lifted you, but you think it's all about you. God has favored you, but you think it's all about you. God has forgiven you, but you think it's all about you. But let me tell you, sister, uh, girl, and uh, brother man, uh, that it's all about God. Because when the rubber meets the road, uh, and you find yourself calling upon the name of the Lord, because you realize you can't do what you want to on your own. And you need the Lord to help you out. And somebody right now needs to give of God praise because at times in your life you have taken the grace of God for granted, but God kept showing up time after time, after time, after time. As a matter of fact, I really wish I had a church full of folks right now because I believe that I would have at least 123 of y'all if you are in the sanctuary right now that would testify that God has not given you a second chance and God has not given you a third chance and God has not given you a seventh chance and God has not given you a hundred chance. You stop counting after 10,000, but you got to give God praise because he gives you chance after chance again. But I've come to serve and give warning right now that one day grace will run out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. And you need to understand that when God disciplines us, even God's discipline is a form of grace. Want wanted to say something else about this text. This ain't no shouting sermon, but something else about this text that I want to lift up and I want to encourage you, if you're going to get our act together, stop living beneath your privilege. <laughs> that, that's, that's in verse 4. Stop living beneath your privilege. Unfortunately, the word privilege, today has taken on a negative connotation in our culture. Uh, as a matter of fact, we hear people say, check your privilege. Uh, 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 men got to check our privilege when it comes to seeing how women are treated. Uh, White folks are told to check their privilege when it comes to dealing with racism. Uh, uh, Heterosexuals are told to check their privilege when it comes to interacting with the LGBTQ community. Uh, Christians are even told to check our privilege when it comes to the national scene. but, But I want to take that word privilege back. I want to place it within the positive connotation because the word privilege basically means that there is something to which you are exposed to that allows for you to be a blessing. Watch this to somebody else. Israel had been given several spiritual blessings or privileges. Number one, they had the privilege of being called the children of God, they experienced. What is called the Shekinah glory of God through the Ark of the Covenant. God established covenant relationship with Israel all the way back, not to Abraham, not to Noah, but to Adam. God had given them the Ten Commandments. God trusted them with temple worship. Their literature is rich with the promises of God, that when you read the Bible and the Mishnah and the Talmud, you will see that there's a lot of pointing to how God favored Israel. The great patriarchs and matriarchs were the moral authority and influence that provided leadership for the Jewish 12 tribes before they ever became a nation. And it is from this Nation that the human ancestry of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is traced. They had everything going for them, but somehow they lost their way because Israel started living beneath their privilege. This statement, living beneath your privilege, was in reference to social mobility that was either upward or downward. It was based upon class structure, where people were able to move upward to a better life. However, once you got established, then it was a belief that you would have a good life. However, if you allowed yourself to get back in a state of ignorance and lower values, it is said to be living beneath your privilege. problem is when you have been exposed to the best, but you want something less than the best. It really, this is what it means to live beneath your privilege. Israel was exposed to the love, the life, and the light of God. They were exposed to the blessings and bounties of God. They were exposed to the covenant of God. And yet, Reverend Peyton, Israel lived beneath her privilege. How is that? Israel traded the worship of Yahweh to worshiping a cow. Israel traded the worship of Jehovah to worshiping Baal and Asherah and Ra and these false gods. Israel traded worshiping the God that they could not see to worshiping a god made of wood gold and silver they they traded worshiping the God that made them to worship a God that they made they, they traded worshiping a God that carried them to worshiping a God they had to carry I don't know who I'm talking to right now but I don't need a God that I gotta carry. I need a God who can carry me. I need a God who can carry me through a COVID-19 pandemic. I need a God who can carry me through a crazy national political election. I need a God who can carry me through racism and sexism and classism. I need a God who can carry me through the craziness of this culture. I need a God who can carry me and who will sustain me in the times in which we live. And I may not be able to see this God that is carrying me, but all every now and then, I feel his presence. And I feel his imprint, and I feel his
1: hands uh, operating in my life. Israel was living beneath her privilege because she confused temple worship with real worship.
0: You think you can't worship because you can't come to 1401 Allen Street. I feel like preaching now. I'm, I'm in trouble right now. You think you can't worship because you ain't getting into your car on Sunday morning and making your way to 1401 Allen Street. You think you can't worship because you ain't sitting beside people that you normally would sit beside on Sunday morning. You think you can't worship because you got to do it through a telephone or through a screen or or through Vimeo or through YouTube or Facebook Live or a virtual uh, congregation.
1: But I want you to know that when you start thinking like that, you start living beneath your privilege why because God the real God we serve is
0: everywhere at the same God in other words the God that is with me here at
1: 1401 Allen Street is the same God with you in your house in your bedroom in your kitchen in your living room in your den in your car the same God that is with us right now is the same God that is with you as you're driving
0: your car listening to the sermon the same God that is with us here at 1401 Allen Street is the same God that's with you as you ride your bus or you're going on a run or you're walking or you're strolling I don't know who I'm talking to but I need to let
1: somebody know that the same God that is here right now is the same God with you and if you feel God you want to just lift up your hands throw back your head give God a praise God the same God that is here is
0: the same God that is there jesus jesus came from the nation of israel jesus was the one that they had been looking for but when jesus showed up they didn't even know who he was because their idea of the messiah did not fit jesus (laughs) they had been looking for somebody who was gonna come and remove Caesar from his throne? They were looking for someone who was gonna come and kick Herod out of his place. Uh-huh. They, they were looking for someone that would come and restore the royal throne of David. However, Jesus had to let them know no, you're rejecting me because you don't understand that there is a greater kingdom. That will have implications on the national kingdom. There are too many here who are living beneath your privilege. Yeah. Not in the financial, social, educational, or cultural sense. But you're living beneath your privilege in the spiritual realm. Because of how you handle the things of the spirit. Yes, sir. You got to understand that when you allow for yourself to flow in the spirit it's gonna have implications on how you deal with the natural. Preach Robert Charles Scott. When, when, when you handle the things of the spirit, it has implications on how you handle things politically. When, when you handle things in the spirit, It has implications on how you handle things economically. When you handle the things of the spirit, it has how you deal with things racially. When you handle things in the spirit, it has implications on how you handle things when it comes to compassion and kindness and love and forgiveness. When you have been exposed to the grace and mercy of God. When you have witnessed the faithfulness of God moving on your behalf, when you see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and you live your life any kind of way, you are living beneath your privilege. You walking around looking beaten and defeated. You're living beneath your privilege when you think you got to have a man in your life to satisfy you. You're living beneath your privilege when you think you got to have a woman in your life to bring your credibility. You're living beneath your privilege when you think you got to have the latest car that's on some 24s. You're living beneath your privilege when you don't have joy. You're living beneath your privilege when you don't have peace. You're living beneath your privilege when you don't have love. You're living beneath
1: your privilege when you aren't willing to forgive. You're living beneath your privilege when you don't move in grace. You're living beneath your privilege. And I need to let somebody know that all of this is found in Jesus. Jesus.
0: Finally, because I'm going over my time, it's 12 o'clock, but can I give you one more thing? Yes, sir. Do y'all mind if I drop one more thing? I see you, Brother Ronald Dean, saying, come on, let me, let me listen, listen. I got to give this to you because I can't leave you on living beneath your privilege. But here's the deal and here's the blessing for me in all of this text. Finally, we're going to get our act together. You got to be willing To accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Oh, oh, Reverend, I thought you were going to be deep. No, not going to be deep. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's it's right there in verse 5. Right there in verse 5. It's right there in verse 5 when it says, Of whom are the fathers and from whom according to the flesh Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. Verse 5 brings this home for me. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the Savior of all humanity. Jesus Christ came from this tiny, seemingly insignificant country called Israel. Israel rejected Jesus. But what Israel did not realize, that in their rejection of Jesus, they're really rejecting God. They failed to embrace how God became flesh among them. If we're going to get our act together, it will not be because we attended North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, Johnson C. Smith, Livingstone College. It will not be because we went to Duke, or Carolina, or Queens College. It will not be because we're part of the Republican Party, or the Democratic Party, or the Independent Party. If we're gonna get our act together, it will not be because we're white or black. It will not be because we're Asian, or Native American, or Latino. It will not be because of the ethnicity into which we are connected. If we're gonna get our act together. It will not be because of the job that we go to Monday through Friday. It will not be based upon the car that we're able to drive. It will not be because of the neighborhood in which we live. It will not be because of to whom we're married. If we're gonna get our act together It's not based upon what we do in the Lord's house. It is not based upon whether you preach or teach, whether you sing or serve. No, if you're going to get your act together, it's going to be because you make a connection, a serious connection to the one that God has sent to be his representative here on earth. I know that we live in a pluralistic society. And I know that there are those who say, Jesus can't be the only way to God. Well, I I need to say that he may not be the way for you. uh, But for me, uh, he is uh, the way, the truth, and the life. Y'all got to excuse me, my Mississippi is slipping out. I stopped by, yeah, to let somebody know that Jesus said that no man, woman, boy, or girl can come to the Father except by me. I know, I know that on November 3rd, we got an election coming up. We got a choice between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. We got a choice between deceit and decency. We got a choice between hubris and honor. We got a choice between COVID and competence. We got a choice between lying and liberty. We got a choice between fascism and faith. We got a choice uh, between dictatorship and democracy, and I want to encourage those uh, that are watching us right now, uh, that wherever you may be, that if you have not cast your vote, go and vote early. I want you to vote early, and I want to make sure that you take somebody with you to go and cast your vote. Uh, I want to encourage you to do it early so you won't get stuck on November 3rd. Uh, as a matter of fact, today they're going to have a march uh, from Romare Bearden Park to the Spectra Center. And uh, I'm not going to tell you to come down to Uptown uh, and cast your vote, but wherever you are right now, uh, go and cast your vote after this worship service is over and I'm not going to tell you uh, who to vote for but I am going to tell you uh, to cast your vote and I'm going to tell you uh, to cast your vote early. Uh, but I need you after you cast your vote uh, either for Donald Trump or Joe Biden, that you need to make uh, another choice. Uh, And I want you to choose uh, somebody uh, that's better than uh, Donald Trump. I need you to choose uh, somebody uh, that's better than Joe Biden. I need you to choose uh, the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, the reason why we must embrace Jesus is because he's God in the flesh. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a great rabbi. He was God in the flesh. So when I embrace Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I embrace the God of the cosmos. And when I embrace God, I embrace Jesus. But there's a reason why I got to embrace Jesus. Because whatever I need, Jesus is it. Uh, is there anybody here uh, or anybody out there uh, that know whatever you need? Uh, Jesus is it. Uh, when we are hungry, uh, he's bread of heaven. When we are thirsty, he's water in dry places. Uh, when we are sad, uh, he is our joy. Um, When we are lost, uh, he is our guide. Uh, When we are afraid, uh, he is our refuge. Uh, When we are poor, he is our riches. Uh,
1: When we are hurt, uh, he is our healing. Uh, When we are needy, uh, he is our supplier. When we are fighting, he is our battle axe. When we are bound, he is our liberty. When we are wounded, he's the bomb in Gilead. When we are dying... Uh, he's the resurrection and the life uh, when we are singing uh, he is our song uh, when we are preaching uh, he is our message when we are teaching uh, he is our lesson uh, when we are praying uh, he is our intercessor uh, when we are worshiping uh, he is our God uh, so we got to get our act together because Jesus is uh, understands our problem and it's in him uh, that we live uh, that we move uh, that we have our being Uh, my hope uh, is built on nothing less uh, than Jesus' blood and righteousness Uh, I dare not trust uh, the sweetest frame uh, but wholly lean uh, on Jesus' name uh, on Christ God Almighty on Christ the solid rock I stand all on the ground is sinking sand is he able to keep you from falling say yes say yes say yes say yes is he worthy of the glory is he worthy of the honor Is he worthy of the praise? Throw back your head. Open up your mouth and bless his name. He's the only way. He's the only way.
0: He's the only way we can get our act together. Let him in your life. Let him have your spirit. Let him in your space. He's the only way that we'll be able to get our act together by accepting him as Lord and Savior. For those that are watching us live stream, I want you to know that you don't have to be in a church building to have a relationship with God through Christ. Wherever you are right now, if you pray the prayer, that I'm getting ready to, to pray. And you mean it in your head and your heart your mind and your spirit. You can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's based upon your faith, not anything that you do because Jesus has already done the work. I, I, I want you to get your act together if you don't have it together. And for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want us to keep our act together by following him and obeying him and doing what he would do so I want you to right now wherever you may be want you to pray this prayer repeat this prayer after me and if you mean it salvation is yours And I want to let you know what the next steps will be after you pray this prayer so if you would wherever you are right now if you would pray this prayer repeat after me Lord I want to get my act together God I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins I believe that three days after his death he was resurrected from the dead and I believe right now he's at your right hand I want a relationship with you Please forgive me of my sins. Send your Holy Spirit into my life so I can live for you. I trust you, oh God, right now. And I thank you for the gift of salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you've made this confession of faith right now to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're on the phone, I want you to call 704-334-5309. Leave a message. Leave your name and a number or email address where we can touch base with you. And by 5 o'clock tomorrow evening, someone from our office will reach out to you. If you're watching us on Facebook, type Connect. One of our digital ministers will message you or, or email us at Connect at spbcnt.org. They will let you know what the next steps are as far as accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're also taking in people virtually. You don't have to be here at the church to become a part of the St. Paul family. As a matter of fact, once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to connect with the local congregation. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if you want to connect with us here at St. Paul, you want to join us, follow those same prompts that I just mentioned. Someone will reach out to you as far as that is concerned. Amen. We want you to be connected and we want you to know you don't have to do life by yourself. Well, Hey, this is our worship experience. Next week, we will continue, um, the next time I preach, which will be in November, we'll continue next week, my good friend, my brother Reverend Dr. William H. Curtis will be our preacher. He is one of this nation's most gifted preachers. and He's going to share as far as that pastoral appreciation is concerned. So wherever you may be right now, we're getting ready to call it a day. Team, to stay on and check out the announcements that are coming down as far as our platforms are concerned. Let us pray a benediction. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our spirits have experienced in this moment. And we come to you right now, God, and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Dismiss us from this moment, but never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care and allow for us to live in such a way that people will see that you're the difference maker in our lives. And now unto him who is able to keep us from fall into this and to present us before the presence of our God with all the seed and joy, to only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you even more. Practice social distancing. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Amen. We're one day closer to coming back in. But until then, continue to help us to do the work, the witness, and the word of our God. I love you all. I miss you all immensely. God bless you all. Have a smile upon you.
2: Especially of those who have lost a loved one to COVID and bear the grief of an empty chair or turn around to say something and all of a sudden realize she's gone and he's gone. It's, it's, it's tough, I know. It demands a lot of everyone who's working to beat back this virus, to overcome this economic crisis and to end the racial injustices that grip our nation. I want to thank every one of you for your commitment to the greatest commandment love our neighbors as ourselves and for your dedication to never grow weary of doing good. In this time of trials, we have an enormous opportunity to write a new history for ourselves and for our children. It's a chance for us to come together to truly bend that arc of the moral universe toward justice. You know, that starts by exercising what our old friend John Lewis called quote, the most powerful nonviolent agent you have in a democratic society. Right to vote every day, and every day only makes it clear just how much is at stake. So please go to iwillvote.com. You can register there, and you should make a plan as to when, where, and how you're going to vote as well by mail, by Dropbox, safely in person. And please encourage all of your family and friends to vote as well. Don't be intimidated by those folks trying to keep us from voting. Set a goal to get one, five, ten, or even more to join you and commit to voting. Send them a text or give them a call. Make sure they're registered. Make sure that they each have a plan. Because when we all vote, there's not a single thing they can do to stop us or stop the change we so badly need. History teaches us that in America, in our darkest moments, We've made some of our greatest progress. And this moment requires us to rise together, to get everyone we know involved, to build a better future. There's not a single thing we can't do when we act together. So let's get up, take it back. Thank you, and may God bless you all. The concerned counties of Charlotte have come together i take form